Thank you, and please be seated. As I mentioned before, we are privileged today to have Lyndon Fowler join us, who is Executive Director of uh, Seneca Hills Bible Conference, and who was raised in this church, and we're very happy to have him with us. And please uh, make sure that you speak to Lyndon and his wife and his family uh, before today. Lyndon. Thanks, Tyler. Good morning. Wow, you, I, thank you. That was pretty positive. I'm glad to hear that. You're awake already. Let's see if I can't put you to sleep. It's a joke. Come on. Uh, I see there's a time a timer up here, uh, so that's good. Um, just so you know, I'm not concerned about the time. You shouldn't be either. Um, but it is it is good to be with you. Uh, it's good to, to to laugh a little together. But it is a privilege to be able to be here on behalf of Seneca Hills, not just on behalf of Seneca Hills, but as a child who grew up in this church. Well, I got older in this church. I don't know that I've really grown up yet. Um, yeah, most of you are like, yeah, yeah we, we see you. We, we know. But uh, it, is, it is nice to be able to worship with you. Uh, our text this morning will come from the book of Philippians. It's in the New Testament. I learned that in seminary. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. In that text, if you are familiar with the ministry of Seneca Hills, is the, the main verse that you will see throughout the camp is Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. And so our text is verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you grateful for what you have done for us. Grateful that you have sent your son to save us. 
Father, we've sung praises. We've confessed our sin. You have reminded us of our forgiveness through Christ. And now we come to your word. We pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be encouraged, that we would be reminded of your great love for us and the great work that Jesus did on our behalf. We ask this in his name. Amen. Uh, Before I get started, I do want to say to all of you who serve in Sunday school, who invest in the youth ministry, who have served in a variety of ways, thank you. As someone who you have invested in me, and I know you are continuing to do that to the young ones of this church as they grow. Uh, So it is with gratitude to be able to remind you that your work is valuable. Thank you for serving the church in that way. So this summer was my family's first summer at Seneca Hills as executive director. And my oldest son, Levi, was six at the time, and he loves to play. He's very energetic. He'll run around and kind of do his own things. And as the weeks went on, we had to kind of start to navigate, okay, what rules do we need to set up for him to keep him from interfering with those who come to enjoy camp at Seneca Hills? So it was, it was the week of senior high week, and as a six-year-old, there's a big difference between a six-year-old and a 15-year-old or a 17-year-old. Big height difference, big you know, intellectual difference, emotional difference. And so we said, okay, Levi, you can go watch the kids play games, but you can't play with them. Okay, all right. So you can go down to the playground. There's the playground next to the big athletic field. You can watch the kids, but you can't play with them. Okay. And he's off with his, his, his brothers. And, uh, you know, as, as a responsible parent, two hours later, I'm like, hey, where's Levi? Better go check on him. Just kidding, not two hours, it was like three. Uh, go down to find Levi, and he's not at the playground. His, his brothers are still kind of playing around on the edge of the field, and you look out, and there he is. He's in the, the middle of 75 high schoolers playing some game which he could have gotten hurt in, but he, he loved it. So we you know, pulled him aside and said, Levi, what did we tell you about you know, playing with the high schoolers. Um, like, that I'm not supposed to? That's right. Well, why did you do that? Well, I forgot. <laughs> and like that small confession is kind of something that we all can relate to in, in the church and in life following Jesus. In our text today, Paul is writing to the Philippians to remind them of something that they have forgotten. They got swept away into this other teaching. And he's writing to remind them that it's Jesus who they need to to be focused on. He starts off in verse 1. He says, finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. See, the church in Philippi was beginning to rejoice in something other than the Lord. 
And he gently goes on to say, it is no trouble for me to write these same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. We all need those safeguards. And Paul is saying, you forgot, let me remind you. And starts it with the first thing, rejoice in the Lord. See, just like my son got carried up, swept into the activity, the excitement of the high schoolers playing games, who wouldn't want to do that? We too can get swept up and and drawn into the idea that if we create rules to follow and then we expect other people to follow those rules and those standards, and somehow that becomes what makes us right with God. And Paul gives us a warning and says, watch out for those dogs. Now, these aren't the dogs that we carry in our purses. You know, we, we like those little fluffy purse dogs. Um, or the big dogs that we let sleep in their bed or on our couch. But these are dogs, these are scavengers. These were people within, within the church who had understood or heard the message of Jesus, but then were saying, no, you have to follow the Jewish law. We call them the Judaizers. And he says, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. See, they had corrupted the gospel. They had corrupted the message of Jesus in the church. And Paul is reminding the believers, you need to watch out for them. You need to put your guard back up. You know, we sometimes let our guard down. We think, well, if I just make maybe this rule, it'll be okay. And that'll help me. And he's giving that warning of watch out for those dogs. You know, it's a pretty, pretty stark contrast. You see, so I had put in the bulletin that the sermon title of our identity markers. What are the identity as believers that we should have? And the first one that we had, I just said a few minutes ago was that we should rejoice in the Lord. That's the first thing that our identity should be in rejoicing in the Lord. Paul goes on with this warning saying, look, we're the circumcision, we who worship by the spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. See, the Judaizers were saying you have to follow the Jewish law, in order to be saved. It's not enough just to believe in Jesus. You have to contribute, otherwise you're not actually saved. You have to have an external righteousness. So Paul, Paul does something that we need reminded of. And if you're in a leadership position, he becomes vulnerable for us. So leaders, be willing to be vulnerable. He says, Look, if anyone, in verse four says, though I have myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Comparing himself to those who were saying, look, you need to follow these laws. Let me tell you, I'm like them. And I have more, more reasons to be able to brag on this than they do. And then he goes through, we can say resume, his heritage, his history, saying, look, I have more circumcised on the eighth day. So what? 
That means he came from a family who followed the Jewish law. From his birth, from the very beginning of his life, he was following the law of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. I don't think many of us want to brag about, well, I'm a legalistic, I've got legalistic righteousness. How about you? You know, we kind of hang out around the coffee. Hey, how's that legalistic righteousness going? But we, we subtly do it in other ways, don't we? I mean, don't we have things that we, we kind of make these rules up if we've been in the church for a while that, well, okay, if you're really a, a good believer, you're going to come to John's class, you know, or, or, well, wait, you're actually teaching a class now. That was a bad example. Um, well, you'll actually come to Gertrude's class. I think I'm safe with that one. I didn't see her in the bulletin. But we, we do that in other ways. We prop up this set of rules and say, you need to follow this. And it, and it creeps in, in in such a subtle way that we begin to think, yeah, I, I, I need to do this. And we forget that that rule that we manufacture to help us then becomes what we focus our life around. So we can say, well, I'm doing good and let me tell you why I'm doing good because I can point to it in the rules that I follow. And Paul lays out his pedigree to say, I have reasons to boast. If, I, if anybody has reasons to tell you, you should be following the law, I do. And he he goes on to say, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Paul is throwing away everything that he was raised with, everything he was given, and saying that was all to my profit, and I now consider it a loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever, what is more, he goes on to say, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Can you say that about the rules in your life that you've constructed? The rules in my life that I've constructed? Can you say that I count them as loss? I don't know if I can sometimes. I like to think about my rules and see how other people don't measure up to them. Can you relate to that? Paul gives us the example in his life to say, whatever was to my profit. Now we know profit because we like to make money. We need a lot of it to live in our society to do the things that we want to do. And he's saying, whatever was to my profit, whatever benefited him personally in his livelihood, in his ability to live, he now considered loss for the sake of Christ. But he goes on. He doesn't just stay there. He says, what 
is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he, and he begins to unpack that. So my prophet was now lost. Everything's a loss, not just a loss. He goes on and says, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. I don't know about you, but I like to burn my trash. I live, we live on an acre in Grove City and um, well, we live in a, a house on that acre. We don't actually live on the whole acre. That would be a big house. Um, but I like to burn my trash. And so when I think of, of rubbish, you know, I think of tr- burning trash. There's no value in that. And P- Paul is, is giving us the picture of, it was my prophet, it's loss. No, it's not just loss. It's, it's rubbish. It's refuse. All of these rules that have been constructed that we try to prop up and say, you need to follow this, is just refuse, just rubbish. You know, Paul had reasons to, to say that. And I think we're always looking for people to remind us, people who are willing to step out and be bold and say, you know, I used to do this or I was like X and and this, and let me tell you that that got me nowhere in life. But I think the messages that we receive in, in our culture and in our society tell us you need more. You have to contribute more if you want to be successful. And so in, in small ways that snuck into the way that we think about our Christian life. That we think that we have to pursue and consume pursue and consume other things to make us righteous, to make us live the good Christian life. And Paul reminds the believers saying, that's not it. He continues to lay out these identity markers for them. He says, look, I consider everything a loss. compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He considers them rubbish. Can we say that? Can you say that about your life? That you consider the greatness of knowing Christ to be better than everything else. He goes on to say, and that I may gain Christ in verse, verse eight into nine and be found in him. Being, being found in Christ, this is the, the theological idea of union with Christ, that we are identified with Christ before the father, that his righteousness becomes our righteousness, that we have been made right with God. And that he's giving us this goal that we would be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Now, I have a hard time with that one because I'm human 
and I want to point to rules when I look at other people and celebrate their rule following and not celebrate their faith in Jesus. And he's giving us the goal that not having a righteousness of my own, that's our goal. We don't have a righteousness of our own. We think we do sometimes. I know I do. Ask my wife, but don't really ask her. He continues on to say, look, I want to know Christ in verse 10. Another way to say it is that, that I may know Christ in the power of his resurrection. And this isn't just, yeah, we know Jesus was a pretty cool dude. You know, Jesus has become pretty casual. But that we, we know not that Jesus lived and died, but that he lived and died for sin and rose again and ascended into heaven. Like, let's not just cut off what we know about Jesus at his death. He didn't just die, he rose again. And Paul is saying, look, I wanna know Christ. And to know Christ in that way is to know Christ in a way that is life-shaping, that is life-changing. Because when we know, when we know Jesus that way, when we have a relationship that way, we understand as he goes on to say, look, and, I, and the power of his re- resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the, ted, the dead. Paul is saying, Paul understood that Christ's suffering had put to death his own sin. And so he strived to know that and to live that out in his life. And so he's reminding those believers that don't get swept away in those rules, in those things that you can think you can keep and point to to say, you're okay. that you need to rejoice in the Lord. The first mark of a believer is we should rejoice in the Lord, not, hey, I'm happy all the time because I'm not, but that we rejoice in the Lord because he conquered sin and death and that one day he will return and make all things right. And so we rejoice in Jesus and who he, who he is and what he has done, that we will we will remember that our identity is not in the things that we can keep, those rules we can follow, we can construct, that we can hold everybody else up to our rules and they never measure up. Maybe a select few, those people we really like. But that we, we say, look, I have a tendency to, to make these rules up and I struggle with that, but Jesus saved me the same that he saved you. And that we, that we would understand in our life that we, our identity would be understanding that Christ's suffering for sin put to death our sin. That has been taken away. And 
that we would know Christ, that we would know him, that he would change our life, that we would live differently and we would come back to that, that we rejoice and that we celebrate that and not celebrate those rules, those things that we like to point to saying, I'm okay and you're okay, or you're, you're not quite okay, but you're close. The, the challenge is doing that on a daily basis. We can come in together and we, we celebrate on Sunday. And then we go out and we go back to work. And we have to deal with people who make mistakes. And they make mistakes that really bother us because we wouldn't make those kind of mistakes. I can't believe they would make those mistakes. Can you believe that? And the challenge is not just on Sunday, but on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday that our rejoicing is in the same Jesus that we're remembering and celebrating and worshiping today on every other day of the week. And that when we find ourselves propping up, holding folks to another standard, that we would say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to rejoice in Jesus. Help me to encourage my brother and my sister. Help me to show to the world that I work within, that I live in, that my rejoicing is not in saying, you need to do things like this, but let me tell you about Jesus and what he has done, and he'll change your life when you meet him. Because that's what we want. We all want changed lives. We just sometimes go about it the wrong way. In Ephesians chapter 2, we're reminded of, of our state Paul says to the Ephesians, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, Christ, who, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. My prayer for you and for all those who come to to Seneca Hills, the communities, the churches that proclaim the gospel of Jesus is that we would remember that 
and that we would declare that boldly, sometimes loudly, sometimes quietly, but that we would declare that and remember that the gift of salvation is something we didn't earn. The gift of Jesus is something that's just that, a gift. It's by grace, through faith, and that's what we should rejoice in as his believers. Would you pray with me? Father, we come, we're grateful for the work of Jesus. We're grateful for your word that reminds us that though we are faced with the temptation to build rules, to follow them, to say that we're righteous, that we're only made righteous by the work of Christ. Father, help us to rejoice in that. Help us to remember that. Help us to take that with us each day. It's a gift. We pray that as we remember that and that as we follow Jesus, that you would continue to work in us, that you would continue to to mold us, to shape us, and that you would bring honor to yourself. Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.